Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Back on Oilers now, Brendan Ulrich, Dave Campbell with you. Bob Stoffer, the birthday boy, getting set to fly to Vancouver, the Oilers and the Canucks tomorrow night. I should mention, Molson Canadian presents Oilers Game Day Live, the finale this Saturday, March 31st, at the Ranch Roadhouse as the Oilers take on the Calgary Flames. Attend and you'll be entered for a chance to win great Oilers prizes, including a trip for two to watch the Oilers kick off the 2018-19 season in Europe. RSVP to confirm your attendance and receive a Molson Canadian product and appetizer courtesy of the Oilers when you arrive on Saturday. RSVP now at Oilers OilersGameDayLive.com. That's for the game on Saturday. Some guests on Oilers Now received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder that every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris where two can dine for $120. We bring aboard Craig Simpson, our regular Wednesday contributor. Craig, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Not bad at all. You in Edmonton today? No, actually down in uh, San Diego. Uh, if you hear dolphins in the background, it's uh, <laughs> I'm at SeaWorld and then uh, heading to the uh, Bakersfield San Diego game uh, later tonight. Oh, awesome! Yeah, the Condors and the Gulls tonight. Uh, watching your son Dylan. Um, I guess uh, what will you be watching for from Dylan tonight? Oh, I, I think at any point, you know, they've had a pretty good run of trying to get back into the playoff mix, had a tough loss their last game. So it, it's time. I think they had won five in a row and uh, at least inching closer to being in the in the mix at the end. So hopefully they can get back going and uh, get an opportunity to get uh, some, some playoff hockey. Uh, let's hit on uh, the game last night, Craig. I know uh, last week we didn't talk about the Oilers' D, um, but we have a lot this season. And uh, the Oilers have now given up 250 goals against on the year. Last year, just uh, 212. Todd McClellan yeah. talking about that a lot after the game last night. Like He wanted to make that clear that that's not good enough. So um, it seemed like the Oilers had uh, solved some of their issues or at least uh, you know masked some of those issues. But last night, it was on full display. 
Yeah, I, I think the, the letdowns and the lapses that they've had have been really evident this year. And I, I think from a coach's perspective, that's where it gets so frustrating, as you can see stretches where look like you've got the continuity back in your game. Uh, you know, I watching last night, last night's, again, almost a bit of a microcosm of the season, isn't it? Where you, know, you have your moments, you think you're going to be okay, and then it just falls apart. But to me, one of the uh, most notable things, and I, I think I've said this to you and you've been hosting and numerous times to Bob, is, you know, the uh, good teams all just check well with their sticks and they're active. They take away passing lanes, take away cross-team passes. And if you go back and watch, uh, albeit I know it's a game that had gone away from them, but those last couple of goals, you know, that's one that, is an embarrassment of checking. And, and that's those are things that are fixable. Those are things that you can work on. And I think listening to Todd and his, his comments, uh, those would be the most frustrating by far to watch as a head coach. Well, next season they'll get Clefbaum back. Uh, you would hope that Sekera is back to the player that he was uh, last season. Is that enough, though, to get back down to 212? Or in your mind, after watching most of this season, are there still going to be big issues if they come back with the same D next season? Well, I, I think so. I, I don't think they've proven that they can be, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of fans want to talk about, oh, you need an offensive guy to, to push the game and to help Connor. And, you know, I, I, I guess ideally, for sure, you'd like to have that type of uh, influence. But I, I don't think this team is going to go anywhere unless they can be a very difficult team defensively to play against. And that, you know, uh, I, I think you're you're right that it's been Clefbaum with a difficult year. Sekera really struggled. And again, he, he was glaring with some of his errors last night. But overall, I think he's been a serviceable guy. Uh, I just think they, you know, they need to have somebody who can be a reliable penalty-killing guy. Uh, you know, if you don't improve on your penalty killing, uh, it's hard to keep that number down. So uh, as much as this team would love to have an offensive dynamic player, I, I, I think they need to be a much harder team defensively to play against. And that to me has been numerous times where their game has fallen apart. And part of that in the penalty kill department too, because they just haven't had that good structure defensively and defensemen who can shut down plays and stop the cycle and, you know, not allow teams to, to continually run around the offensive zone. Well, Sekere is the interesting one, uh, Craig, because last year he was good uh, in his own end, good on the PK, and he was one of the more offensive guys they had. And uh, I guess when you look at next season, can you afford to risk the fact that he'll get back to what he was? Like, we don't really know. Watching him this season, uh, I think you give him a pass, but can he get back to the D-man he was last year? Like, what would you do with Sekere right now? He's making $5.5 million. Uh, well, remind me how many years did he have left? Uh, this is his last coming up. Uh, I'd have to double check what is. Yeah, I mean, contract. to me, that, he has that's another year sort of after the- very, yeah, if, if he has two years left, you're not getting rid of him. And I don't think you'll have much of a market to, because uh, you have to replace a guy at least. Uh, you know, you're in, in that mode that if you moved him, you're not going to move him for another really good defenseman. So, yeah, he has you know, three years left. You're moving, yeah, so you're 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 relying on the fact that an off year can turn himself back, and you know anytime you get rid of contracts like that, you're not getting another good defenseman back. So uh, I, I think it's really going to be key that 
you have your top guys coming back at a better level. You need a healthy cleft bomb to settle things down. I think Nurse, of all the guys um, that uh, have gone through a difficult year, is showing that he can be a real reliable guy. And that's going to be one where the pressure on that will be, well, what's that contract going to look like? Because with the other ones, I don't think you can really invest yourself in a guy like Nurse saying, okay, he's the real deal and go for a, a super long-term deal. I, I think the, you know, you did that with Clefbaum because I think he's got offensive upside. I think Nurse is going to be more of a guy, like I was saying before, that you have to focus on being a tough guy to play against, a little physical edge, to learn how to kill penalties a little bit better and probably be a shutdown guy. So I don't think that it's just easy to, to bring a contract for a player like that. It's going to be one that you probably have to do a, a two-year bridge and see how he develops, and then you'll be at the end of a second deal at the end of that. Up front, I know we talked a lot about uh, dry settle Craig uh, uh, last week, and that was after his five-point night against Carolina. Um, but you look at all the goal scoring lately, it's it's being that top line, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Rowdy chipping in as well. After that, not a whole lot throughout the lineup. I know Kajula has uh, been scoring a little bit uh, more of late. Uh, he scored a power play goal last night as well. But there, there yeah. still are a lot of passengers up front. And I'm trying to look at solutions moving forward for next season. Who could be a, a veteran winger the others could bring in? Watching last night, Thomas Vanek was uh, unbelievable. I don't know what you think of him as a player. I know he's uh, worn out his welcome along the way from yeah. numerous teams. I'm just looking at options and free agency. There's not a lot out there unless the others are willing to buck up and pay a guy like JVR, a Kane, or a Neal. After that, it drops off big time. Nash is out there too. I don't think the others can afford those guys. So I was looking at Vanek. No. I wonder what you think of him as a player. I, I The, the Vanek train for me has been gone a long time ago. I, I think uh, he is the type of guy that the only deal you'd ever give him is a one-year deal with incentives, which is exactly what he got this year. Um, you know, the, the fact is he, he's got skill that he can make some plays. Uh, I just think that, again, if you're trying to build a winning team and you're trying to, uh, you know, d- develop from within and say who are going to be guys who are going to grow with this team and that you can rely upon, uh, to me, that, that train's gone for him. Uh, you know, I think there's a reason why he's been on so many teams over the last little while, but what you got last night is exactly what uh, Columbus was hoping for. You know, they made a deadline deal to try to add a little bit of depth and try to add some offense that, you know, there's times where Vanek's probably going to play seven, eight, nine minutes, and there's other times where he can fill in a role. So, you know, I I think from a short-term need uh, going into the playoffs, they filled what they want. But if you're looking at saying, okay, what's going to be good going forward for this team to develop, I, I don't think he's really on your radar. Yeah, you know, you're probably right. I was just like, you know, look, you can shoot the puck, you can play with skilled players, and last night, I, maybe my uh, judgment is a little blurred, and I sort of have forgotten what he's been uh, doing uh, the last few years of his career. But maybe a veteran guy like that is who the others could look at to bring in to maybe push uh, a Poli Irvi or even Yamamoto, who I don't think you want to rush him next season. So what do you think about no, Ty Ratty, by the way? Well, I, I think, like we said last week, Ty at least is what you're always looking for is guys who uh, – have learned lessons along the way and understood that some of their uh, inability to get to the to the next level, you have to take some ownership and responsibility. And part of that maturity is then saying, okay, what did I not do 
the last time around or what are the shortcomings in my game that haven't allowed me to stick on a regular basis and at least be aware of that. And now, you know, he's a mature enough guy as a pro to understand what an opportunity he's had and uh, he's taken advantage of it. And I think that's all you can really do as an organization is, you know, I, I've said a few times, I, I think part of the key is some of the older, you know, older uh, I mean by like 23 to 25 range of whether it's a university kid, a guy coming out of the minors like a ratty now that has had some lumps, he's had some failures, but he understands that, you know, what I need to do in the lineup to have a chance to be successful. And if nothing else, he's got himself in the mix. This is a really difficult time of year to evaluate players too, because you're in a, Another situation where the games, you know, you've got teams that are out of it or the Oilers are out of it, and so sometimes teams don't play with the same amount of respect. So it's also a very difficult time to to give good, honest assessment of where your players are. But for nothing else, he's put himself into the mix going forward by by taking the opportunity and really playing well with it. Yeah, and I'd be a little weary based on the fact that the Oilers somewhat made this mistake last season where they just, they just thought, one of these guys was going to step up on the right side and they haven't, so I would give Roddy, Roddy a shot, but I would also want to have a backup uh, option as well uh, if you're banking on him being in your top six next season. Uh, I, we didn't talk about this at all last week, Craig, and Connor McDavid has been on a, a chair. I know we talk about it uh, all the time on this show, at least this week we have been. Everyone on Twitter is talking about the MVP race. I want to get your take on it. Uh, does a player have to uh, make the playoffs to uh, be considered for the Hart Trophy? Well, I, I think that's been sort of conventional wisdom, uh, and I, I'm i not really sure I like the the actual definition of what the Hart Trophy is supposed to represent. And, you know, it's hard uh, to say uh, the, the fact that your team doesn't make it is obviously a disappointment, but there are exceptions to that, and I think, Going back to 87, 88 with Mario, you know, he had 70 goals that year. Uh, he led the league in scoring by a bunch. He took down Wayne Gretzky as the you know, first time he didn't win. So I, I think there are exceptions. I don't think there's any question that, especially uh, given this drive to get back to the Art Ross, you know, Connor's proven again that he's the most exciting player and the best player. So I think there's no question he's in the mix. I think, though, there are many of those in the voting department that are saying, you know, it's, I think they wouldn't have a problem with picking Connor McDavid if he had a 20-year, 30-point lead in the scoring race. He, you know, that high away on a team that wasn't good enough this year to make the playoffs, and you're that much higher. Like for me now, all he would need is another 10 games or so the way he's been yeah. going uh, to get there. But um, you know, for me, he's the best player in the game right now, the most exciting. So it's hard to say that he he doesn't deserve to be the heart, but I think it's going to be tough uh, given the way the team is gone. And if he ends up winning by ten fifteen over this last stretch, uh, if he keeps on this kind of a Gretzky like pace, then you never know. That might sway some of the guys who are are feeling that it's hard to vote for him because of such a disappointment that the Oilers team has been. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's just sprinting towards the finish line. Other guys are sort of uh, slowing down and. 
my pick was McKinnon, um, but the Avs are now outside yep. the playoffs. So if we're arguing that McDavid can't win it because uh, the Oilers are in the playoffs, if the Avs miss, I don't know if McKinnon can win it either. And then there's a handful well, no, of guys that are sort of like... Even if they're close. I mean, yeah. it is a year where you're going to get div- divisive votes all over the place. I mean, I I don't really remember, Brendan, a, a time where you've had legitimately uh, people around the game talking about five or six guys. I mean, when's the last time we really had that? I, I can't imagine in the last uh, couple of 10, 20 years where you've had that kind of scenario of that many guys that are in the mix. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. I mean, the voters are they they pick five, so I think a lot of uh, the ballots will have different players. But I think McDavid will be yeah. somewhere in everyone's ballot, so maybe he gets enough votes to pull it out in the end. Yeah, I really do think this is unlike any other year. There's going to be, you know, you look at ballots that are going to be topsy turvy, where some guys might have a guy in five on another, and that another person might have that same person at one. So. There's going to be a lot, I think, of opportunity for splitting votes and doing that. And, and even when you look at even Pittsburgh alone, you know how many votes are Crosby and Malkin even going to split as yeah. teammates? So uh, that that will be a very interesting scenario. But I don't think there's any question that you know we said what about a month ago when he was seven, eight, nine, ten points back that you know, his mindset would be I'm going to win the Art Ross again and. Boy, you've seen a run that has just been spectacular from him offensively. I'm uh, getting really excited for the playoffs, Craig. Uh, a lot of these teams right now are really amping it up. And, uh, you know, you look at the Jets, they've won six in a row. St. Louis is, has won six in a row. The Sharks, red hot out east Boston. I mean, it's exciting right now. What story are you following uh, closely around the league? Well, I, I think you're, you're right in the sense of teams get a little, uh, you know, worried at different times. I think teams are always, when you're peaking in November, December, I, I think coaches that have been around the block a few times are you know, always feeling positive about the growth of your team, but you're also worried about, okay, when's the dip going to come? When can I get through that little rough patch? And then can we crank it up and be ready to go? And so when you mentioned teams at the end of March, beginning of April, that feel confident, they're getting healthier and playing their best uh, you know i think that's where everybody's got to get geared up for what's going to be a good long run uh, for me you know, i'm going to be doing where whoever the least end up playing and so those uh, scenarios are, are pretty interesting with boston and tampa both really good teams it'll be interested to see which one is able to hold on to get that first spot and uh, the second will have to go against toronto yeah like what do you think about tampa bay right now i Honestly, I would still pick them out of the East, I think. That's my pick at the start of the season out East, and I'll stick with it. But they are sputtering right now, and other teams are red yeah, hot. So I, how much stock I, do you put in that before the playoffs? Well, I, I think the stock you put in is what's sputtering. And so, you know, if, you're, if your offense goes a little cold and, and maybe your power play dries up a little bit and that's why you're losing, that, that's one thing that that can happen and it can go through stretches like that. I, I think the nervousness for John Cooper looking at his team is, you know, I, I just think that the structure of their game has sort of been chipping apart. Their defensive structure has been really poor. They've made a lot of bad reads and bad mistakes. They've, uh, you know, not, as we were talking about with the order, they have not been a good checking team where, uh, you know, defensively shutting guys down, taking away lanes, breaking up uh, cycles. And when you start thinking about who you might be playing in the in the playoffs, 
that's a concern. And I, I think early in the year, Vasilevsky was playing his best hockey and was probably uh, much like Cam Talbot did last year, was masking a lot of those problems or deficiencies in their game. And now all of a sudden when other teams seem to be dialed in, like Boston defensively, who can you know, really play a good, solid 200-foot game, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if Tampa can get that straight uh, come playoff time. Tampa, Boston, tomorrow night. That should be fun. Uh, Craig, we'll leave it at that. Thanks for taking some time. Uh, where are you at this uh, Saturday? I'm uh, back in Toronto. I got uh, Winnipeg, Toronto, which oh, I'm geez. really looking forward <laughs> to see. I, I I really liked watching Winnipeg and uh, looking forward to seeing them live. Yeah, I'm, the Jets, if they can stay healthy, they might be the favorite in the West. I don't know. Yeah, they're gonna be a, they're gonna be a fun team to watch for sure. They they seem to really got a good swagger and a good confidence going right now. Craig, we'll talk again soon. Take care. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Craig Simpson, regular Wednesday contributor in San Diego. Condors in the goal tonight. More uh, in NHL today later on. If you listen to this show, Bob likes to uh, bring up Shane Bogdan quite a bit. That's my uncle. And uh, I promised my family I would, I would do this. <laughs> we don't usually give shout-outs to teams or players, uh, you know, on this show, but... I'm proud of my little cousin, Jaden Bogdan, and uh, her midget AAA slash team won provincials in Red Deer against uh, Rocky Mountain, the Raiders, 3-2 in overtime. Uh, they had a 5-on-3 penalty. They had to kill off in overtime. They ended up winning the game, so it's impressive. She's off to Nationals, my uh, little cousin, Jaden Bogdan. So congratulations to her and the rest of the uh, St. Albert midget AAA Raiders. Impressive stuff. All right, we'll take a time out on Oilers now. When we come back, we'll get to some of your text messages. Uh, we will go interactive in the 1 o'clock hour. Dave will jump in with uh, his thoughts on a few things. One thirty-five. Joe Haggerty out of Boston to talk about the Bruins re-signing Sedano Chara today and uh, that big game against the Bolts tomorrow night. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bod Stoffer on 630 Chet. Twelve fifty-eight in Edmonton. Ulrich with you. Campbell here as well. If you're looking for a great sports hockey road trip this fall to Sweden and Germany, follow Oilers Now with New West Travel to Europe in October to see two great hockey games and experience all that Germany and Sweden have to offer. Your New West Travel package includes flights, hotel, game tickets, and welcome receptions. Book now for the Oilers Now road trip to Sweden and Germany. Space is limited. Call New West Travel 780 7446 or go online at com. One quick text message to set up our interactive segment after the news. Randy says, Ulrich, I never agree with you on much, 
But on this Vanek thought, I was talking about him as a veteran coverage option for Raddy and JP for next season. Bring him in to push those two and uh, send Yamamoto down until X Xmas, no matter uh, what, and then see what happens. Ensure that there are viable options on the wing for whoever the coach happens to be from Randy. Well, that's what I was saying. He's a veteran option, and uh, it would push some of the others to have to grab that spot. And it would be cheap. I don't think Vanek would command a huge contract. Maybe it's a one-year deal at $2 million like he signed this season. You look at the options out there, not a lot of cheap options. So that's why I brought him up. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm mesmerized by what he did last night. You can chime in after the news at 105, but first a break with Eileen Bell.